Hey y'all, it's A Few Minutes with a Few podcast. I'm Lily. And I'm Maddie. And we have a passion for seeing people make Jesus number one in their everyday lives. We want to get serious about being serious for Jesus. Will you join us? All right, everybody, welcome back to A Few Minutes with a Few. We are so, so thankful that you are here and joining us. Today is a very special episode as well as video. We have our friend Cameron Green on the podcast today. We are so excited to welcome her and to have a great conversation about eternal expectations, doing the hard things in our lives, and how God calls us to just be different in the world and to not act as the world does on a daily basis. So I'm going to ask Cameron to tell us a little bit about herself, introduce yourself, Cameron, introduce what you do with your family. Maddie and I have been just so inspired by the things that you guys do, have participated in some of the things that you guys do. So I want you to introduce that and let everybody know who may not know what you guys do. Awesome. Well, thank you, Juan, for having me. Such a blessing to be with you girls. So my name is Cameron Green. I am with the Torch of Freedom Foundation. My dad is Rick Green. And we kind of do a sorts of a bunch of different things with government and with politics. He hosts a radio show with David Barton called Wobblers Live. And we started an organization called Patriot Academy, where we raise uh, 16 to 25 year olds to be involved in government and to stand for um, biblical truth in your life. Um, really equipping them to stand for truth. And right now I'm just traveling with my family and doing music and writing. Um, I have a novel out. And so I've been working towards doing more writing and really just working to share Christ and the love of God and the truth of his word through those outlets. That's awesome, Cameron. We did a constitution class with you guys. Awesome. Dad did that. And we learned so much from that. And I know that you guys are still doing those. So Everybody go check out what they are doing. It's something that is not talked about in our world today as far as freedom and politics and bringing uh, Christianity into that. You know, so many people think that we have to keep those separated and that we can't talk about them. And that's just so not true. And the way that Rick Green and Cameron and their family do it is so beautifully done. They really incorporate the truth into it and it impacts so many different lives. And so we are just thrilled to have you on Cameron again. This is just so cool. I am so excited. And if you haven't, uh, one of the things that I don't know, Cameron, if you mentioned, but Cameron sings beautifully. And if you have not heard her voice, then you are missing out. She has an amazing voice. The Lord is using using her in that way, worship, singing, all of that great stuff. She is amazing at that and truly has a gift for that. So Cameron, just real quick before uh, we get started into the episode, where can people connect with you and where can they find you? So I would say in order to get 
my brothers and my EP, we have an EP out. You can go to patriotacademy.com and then find the E3 curriculum bar and you'll see all of our product. Um, you can also get my book that way. But I'm on Instagram. I do have a private account, so <laughs> you can't necessarily just like follow me immediately. But sure. yeah, just Cameron Green on Instagram. Um, and then mainly follow my dad on Facebook, Rick Green and Patriot Academy. That My dad's page is where you're going to get a ton of information about culture and government and all of that good stuff. Sure. Okay. So we just want to have a super chill conversation, <laughs> but like Lily said, we're going to really be discussing how we as teenagers and young adults have kind of held ourselves to this higher standard than the world usually encourages us to. Cameron doing stuff with her family, traveling, doing all that stuff. Me and Lily have our ministry and our family's ministry that we've been mm -hmm. traveling with, which is quite unusual for yeah. young people these days. But the main thing that we really wanted to start off talking about was how other teenagers and young adults can start living like this, because this mm. is definitely something that the world doesn't encourage very often. They want us to be very reliant on the world and the things that the world offers us. The first thing that we really wanted to discuss was how our parents have really encouraged us to live and just really hold ourselves to that higher standard and expect more out of ourselves. And I think that that really comes from they've given us the time and yeah. the resources to be able to do that. They've encouraged us to look at the things that hold eternal value that aren't temporary and aren't fleeting. Sure. Um, so we just kind of wanted to start off asking you, what are some things that you've been able to do that your parents have given you the time and resources to do? And how has that impacted your life? Yeah, so, so, so good. Just everything you were saying about being different and set apart. Um, is so good. And I, I took some notes here. I definitely grew up in a very different environment than, I mean, I would say like 90%, right, of, of Americans especially. So I grew up traveling and from a very young age and really being in an environment where there are lots of adults um, yeah. and seeing firsthand what it looks like for a Christian to be involved in, in government specifically with my dad and everything he does. And so I kind of learned to adapt to that environment very quickly and really because my parents, they were so loving and kind to put me and my brothers in those situations where we had to grow and learn mm -hmm. what, what do I do in this situation? So for example, we learned very early on how to respect other people and to treat them with dignity and respect and to who, no matter whose hand you were shaking, to look them in the eye and to shake their hand firmly and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and yes, sir, and no, sir. And we just kind of grew up in that environment. Um, so that was definitely, uh, I think, part of my upbringing that just helped me to have this mindset of how can I be growing constantly and be working towards discipline and, and creating habits that honor the Lord, or um, how can I do hard things, the title is. And then something else that they, my dad especially, really instilled in me is immediate obedience. I'm sure y'all probably got told that as well when he asked you to do something or your mom asked you to do something and you do not want to. It's the last thing you want to do. They say immediate obedience with a firm tone to it. Like, yeah, there's a consequence coming if you get obedience. Right. And I, you don't like discipline in the moment. The Bible talks about that. But it got me thinking like, wow, I see how that reflects the character of our heavenly father and how the Lord disciplines us. And yeah. he wants immediate obedience. He is so gracious when we are hesitant. There's so many times in my life where like he asked me to do something to speak 
And I'm just, fear is almost the first instinct and you have to battle that with the word of God. And he's so gracious and patient. Like he's so loving, even as much as our, like our parents will mess up. And they're such a great example to me of the love of the father, but they're not perfect. And every parent gets upset, you know, so, um, but our heavenly father, he requires obedience and he commands us to a life that is fully submitted to Christ and under his lordship. But he's also so patient and gracious when we mess up and we fail. But that is something that I saw um, through my childhood immediate obedience that I want to take into my walk with the Lord of God, I know you're faithful and you have a reason for this. And also when you say to be obedient and to maybe give up something that I've been cleaning onto and I didn't realize was maybe sin or was something that was leading me away from you. And he asked you to give that up. Immediate obedience is something that there is fruit in that. And there's going to be reward for that. Um, even though it's, it can be very painful and it's not fun in the moment, but that's when trusting the Lord comes in and remembering he knows what's best. And he's, he's the one who designed you and he, he didn't make you to love things that are not of him. And then he made you also to do things that are scary so that people can see your faith in him and can see his love perfected in you because perfect love cast out fear. So if people see you walking in faith and doing things, even when they're scary, they see, wow, she, she has something different. She has a faith that I don't have. And I want that faith. Um, so that's why immediate obedience is so important. And then, yeah, the other thing is just mainly seeing them set an example of Christians involved in all facets of culture, specifically government is where we were heavenly uh, involved growing up and we still are. But I'm so thankful for that example of them knowing the importance of that and of, of um, Christians making a difference in the sphere of politics and of government. That was a really long answer, but <laughs> no, that's so good and so uh-huh. truthful. And I think that so many times we, especially in the political realm and different things, we look at that as being worldly, but you're so true in saying that there are so many lessons to be learned from that. And the foundation of America is biblical. And so the things that we're learning through that, the things that we're involved in, teach us what God's character is and how he loves justice. His heart is to see people come to him, like you just said, in all types of cultures and the different things that we're involved in. And another thing that Maddie and I were just talking about leading up to this is how worldly goals and expectations really lead to weak Christians, right? If it doesn't have that eternal value, if it doesn't hold that biblical, what am I trying to say? That biblical value to it, then it's really not worth our time. Mm -hmm. And so the things that our parents, and we've talked about this a little bit already, have instilled in us, the lessons that they have tried to teach us have eternal value. And so Mm -hmm. we need to hold to that because that's what matters in life. And as young people, I think that we have to start thinking in light of eternity because so many of us are so very focused on what do I want right now? What college do I want to go to right now? And uh, what school, what you know, job, what house, what we have so many different things that we're thinking about, so many decisions that come to us as we're younger. And I feel like that's more and more as our world starts to develop and starts to change in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And so the world has just taught us to make the best choice for the here and now. And it's almost according to their standards, instead of, hey, make the best decision in light of eternity for Jesus, for his kingdom. It's just whatever you feel, whatever you want 
moment right now. And we know that that's not what God says in scripture. Those feelings are temporary. Those things in life, the world is constantly changing. So we have to rely on him to shape our future. So the second question that I wanted to ask you, Cameron, was do you believe that if people started thinking for themselves, if we started making those intentional choices to be different, do you think that we would see an increase in strong and righteous leaders? Mm, Such a good question. And everything you said was so good as well. Um, So the main, when you asked me this question over email, Mm -hmm. well, one, kind of the, the real pandemic that we're in of people not thinking for themselves and just believing everything they hear and they're being indoctrinated by so many different narratives that are full of lies and um, they're not of God at all in college and and all those things. So that is the situation we're in, right? Is like an infiltration of lies, not just in America, but in the world. And it got me thinking about how if people start thinking for themselves and they start, if they seek the Lord with all their hearts, they're going to find him. And so it made me think about how a Christian, if you have somebody who not that doesn't just claim to be a Christian, but they really are a Christian, that you see the difference between those two is that someone, had, the person who actually is a Christian, has total commitment to Christ. It's been, um, it's a personal thing to them. They themselves are committed to Christ and have surrendered their lives to him. It's not them feeding off the crumbs of uh, somebody else's faith. And that requires you thinking for yourself. If you want to grow in the Lord and grow in the grace and knowledge of him, you have to study the word for yourself. You have to use the mind that he's given you and love him with your, uh, not just your heart, soul, and strength, but your mind. And so I, I think about how a true Christian is someone who is personally committed to Christ. And that requires you using your mind, thinking for yourself and growing. And so I think if, yes, if we, if people started thinking for themselves, even non-Christians, but they said, I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to actually seek truth. Um, Not just in, there are so many lies in media specifically. So not just a, I'm going to figure out what actually happened in this event and actually go to reliable sources, but more so a, I'm going to seek truth. Like, is there a God? If there is, what does he say? If people actually started asking those questions and putting, I don't know, put the phone down or put whatever's down that is just consuming you. Um, Cause I think that's another big pandemic we have going on is the phone and um, just idolizing that. But if people would start asking those questions and actually seeking the Lord, they're going to find truth. If if God is really drawing them after him and they start thinking and asking these questions and seeking him for themselves, they're going to find him. So that is absolutely critical, thinking for yourself. Mm-hmm. I love what you were saying about thinking for ourselves, doing our own research, because I think even from a spiritual aspect, we go to church on Sundays, mm-hmm. we listen to our pastor's messages, they put the scripture up on the screen for us to see, we don't even have to actually open our Bibles, and then we don't go and do some actual good fact-checking, making sure that everything he was teaching us was biblically sound mm-hmm. and is going to help us grow. Instead, we're kind of, like you said, we were kind of feeding off the crumbs that he gives us, living off of his faith or the things that he's teaching us instead of putting our phones down, putting whatever is distracting us down, like you said, mm-hmm. and opening our Bibles, reading them, and studying for ourselves. That definitely is something that people do not do anymore. And mm-hmm. I think that that's definitely a higher standard that you can hold yourself to is doing your own research, 
finding reliable sources, like you said. Me and Lily have been Mm -hmm. saying this stuff a lot lately, um, especially here on the podcast. Uh, Just with all the things that are going on in our country, people are just listening to the media, listening to the news, listening to what other people tell them instead of actually going and looking for themselves, figuring out what the real issue is or what actually happened. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think you make a really, really great point with that. I was going to say it's definitely easier to just believe mm-hmm. what the media says if somebody's already done the work for you and done the research and that's yeah. this is the verdict they say it's so much easier just to read it because you kind of feel accomplished after you read an article mm-hmm. but the higher standard is to then ask is this true is there something that's fishy about this or let me go to other sources and with going back to going to church um, and then just having the higher standard of knowing the word yourself. I think it's definitely so much easier to just sit in church. And like you were saying, Maddie, just to listen to what the pastor's saying. And um, that's a really interesting point about putting the scripture up on the screen. Not that that's a bad thing, but if you think they're just going to show me what's on screen, I'm not even going to bring my Bible. I don't even think that's necessarily a bad thing, but just thinking about those little things of, are you making excuses for anything because it's easier? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and young people have been trained to think like that. You know, I think that we're a couple generations in, you know, we had the greatest generation after uh, World War II and, and that kind of thing. And then the generation that they raised, it was just quite easy. We didn't have a lot of wars. We didn't have a lot of, you know, crazy things going on. And they were continually hearing about the greatest generation and mm-hmm. about the war and the different things happening. And so there wasn't really an expectation for them to make something great of themselves because they were always hearing it from other people or about other people. And so I think that especially now we've come to a generation that really just has no expectation at all to do something with our lives. And, you know, education has been degraded in such a way that it's just kind of, oh, you know, go to school so that you can get a job to make money. And that's about it. You know, it's not really about learning America's history or about really just becoming an educated person and learning how to think for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I just see that so much in culture and just thinking about how far we've come. It's it's really sad to look at it, but I still see, and that's what our ministry is about, I still see the few. And mm-hmm. so I still see, you know, they're very few and they keep dwindling, but I feel like these different tests that the Lord is giving us to see who's really going to chase after me, who is really going to seek my heart, like you were saying, with everything that they have, are they willing to give up everything they have for me? I'm often reminded of the Israelites and how we are so much like them as young people. Like we would, we would so prefer the comfortable slavery over the challenging freedom that we could have if we would think for ourselves, if we would step outside of, you know, what we're used to and being so comfortable in that and really stop trusting everything that we're hearing nowadays. And so if this generation, our generation, especially if we don't learn to think for ourselves, if we don't learn to really challenge what people are saying and want that freedom, then it's going to be lost. I know that the few doesn't want that, but we need to really just continue to seek the Lord in that, continue to ask him for more of himself because he's the only way. So the other thing, Maddie's going to read Philippians 1 Mm -hmm. because Paul has some really, really great things in there that I think really 
speak to what we're talking about today, the eternal expectations, the doing the hard things in life that we don't often want to do. And so Maddie, go ahead and read that. And then we'll just kind of discuss it a little bit. I'm going to jump around a little bit. So I'm going to first read Philippians 1 verses 20 and 21, and then I'm going to jump down to 27 and 28. Starting at verse 20, it says, My eager expectation and hope is that I will not be ashamed about anything, but that now, as always, with all boldness, Christ will be highly honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For me, living is Christ and dying is gain. And then jumping down to verse 27, it says, Just one thing, live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or am absent, I will hear about you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, working side by side for the faith that comes from the gospel, not being frightened in any way by your opponents. This is a sign of destruction for them, but of your deliverance, and this is from God. The main thing that me and Lily really liked about this verse was when he says, walk worthy of the gospel of Christ. And even going back to what you were just saying about challenging freedom, a common misconception about Christianity is that, you know, you get saved and then everything's going to be easy. Like Jesus is just going to make your life perfect. And that is definitely not the case. It's still going to be a challenge, even though you have that freedom in Christ. And I was just doing a little bit of reading about Philippians and Paul was in prison being persecuted while he was writing this letter, but he still says, walk worthy of the gospel. Mm. Even when it's hard, even when it's challenging and we don't want to walk worthy of the gospel. And I think that Paul was also leading by example through this. He was leading like, I can still walk worthy of the gospel, even though I'm in prison and Mm -hmm. I'm being persecuted. I can still walk worthy of the Mm -hmm. gospel. There's still people that I can tell about Jesus. So he was setting this example for the church in Philippi to follow. It wasn't just, you know, walk worthy of the gospel yay, yippee, and they have no idea how to do that. So Mm -hmm. I think that that's a really important point to make. Like he didn't just leave them to figure everything out on their own. And I think that we can definitely learn something from this because as Americans, we think, well, Americans especially, but I think that this is happening all over the world, that if it's not that easy, then I don't really want to do it. And it's not really going to be worth it. Like Mm -hmm. if it's not easy and I can't do it on my terms, then it's not really worth it. I don't really want to do it. That's going to take more of my time or, you know, we give all these different excuses for why we shouldn't live out the gospel on Jesus terms and not our terms. Because if it was on our terms, which I think that a lot of Christians right now are living out Christianity on their terms, then we have just completely ruined the point of the gospel. Like the gospel wasn't ever meant to be easy. It was meant to challenge us, but that was to make us more humble and rely on the Lord more. So I think that that's something that our generation especially hasn't experienced very much, hasn't really thought about like, yes, Christianity is challenging, but we're not living in light of eternity. We're not looking at the eternal benefits because yes, it is going to be difficult now, but our reward in heaven Mm -hmm. is going to be so worth what we go through now. So good. Yeah. I think Maddie, you had a, or Lily, you had a question about that. How can we 
do that practically? How can we live in a manner worthy of the gospel? While and also piggybacking on what you were saying, Maddie, about in America, especially just it's like we just don't know what it is to do hard things and to live in hard times. And you wonder why that is. Obviously, people still go through tragic things and you lose a loved one or you go through a financial problem and there's still things that are happening um, in our world, in America and in families that are hard. But it's it's almost like specifically with our generation, with I think we're Gen Z. It's just I want to say it's not so much like an apathy pandemic, but just a, a godlessness, it, because clearly we know, like as Christians, we are commanded to work hard and yeah. If you are truly abiding in the Lord and you are you truly are a Christian, you're not going to see apathy. You're not going to see fear um, or somebody um, cowering in the midst of fear. You're going to see boldness. You're going to see hard work ethic. You're going to see a love of truth. Mm-hmm. You're going to see all these different fruits. And so it, it can be, I think, so easy, at least for me, to look at how most of our generation acts. And you just, you want to like shake their heads. You're like, what yeah. are you thinking? You're being so lazy. Right. But I think we have to remember what our battle is with, like what war is going on here. And if someone is not, if they don't truly know the Lord, you're not going to see fruit. So for me, um, that was just a really good reminder, just thinking about, okay, Lord, help me to see this with an eternal mindset, like you were talking about, Lily. And part of that is remembering if someone doesn't know the Lord, there's not going to be that fruit that you are so used to seeing, hopefully, in your own life and in other Christians' lives. But of course, that's no excuse. That should just get you more excited and pumped to minister to them. And a thought that I had was how cool it is that we get to be set apart, that the Lord has changed us, He's redeemed us, and we're set apart. And all the fruit in our life is because of Him. And you think about how people who don't know the Lord, while it's discouraging how many people don't, and that really it is a few, there's just a remnant and narrow is the path and few find it. It's so encouraging to think about how it's hard living for Christ and it's hard um, living set apart, but it's so worth it. And you think about how people who don't know the Lord, they're going to see that example. And sometimes that example more than anything is going to make them want what you have. And so I just pray that would encourage us and encourage anyone listening that as hard as it is living worthy of the gospel of Christ, one, it's worth it because he's our reward. And then secondly, you have no idea who's going to see the life that you're living and see the manner of life that you're living. And they're going to want that or see that that's different. See your steadfastness and see um, just the joy and the peace you have. But thinking practically, which um, I don't want to go too long on this, but thinking practically about how to just live in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, I would just say you can't know what that manner is unless you're abiding in him and you're in his word. So uh, be a student of the word. Don't just read it, but study it, meditate on it, ask the Holy Spirit to renew your mind and to change you and help you know how you can apply it. Ask for his help to be obedient to his word. And then as he sanctifies you. So yeah, be in the word and then be prayerful. We have to keep alert with perseverance. Ephesians 6 has been so encouraging to me recently. It just It's it's almost like this big picture, boom, boom, boom. You want to fight as you're supposed to fight. We'll be strong in the Lord and in the might of his power. Put on his armor. Uh, yeah. Take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So you have to know the word and then pray all times in the spirit. Like all these things that are so awesome mm-hmm. that they, they're so basic. I think when like a Christian says, okay, are you in the word? Are you praying? It's like, of course, like I, I know you're supposed to do that, but it's almost so essential that you almost forget about it in a way. It's yeah. kind of like 
counterintuitive. Um, you just you just know you're supposed to do it that you almost maybe you don't realize the importance of it because it's just so familiar. Mm -hmm. But those are two of the biggest things in Ephesians 6 is the sword of the spirit, the word of God, and then praying at all times in the spirit and making supplication for all the saints. So in order to really live as Christ has called us to, those two things are absolutely essential. Yeah, that's so true, Cameron. And the verse that keeps coming to my mind is that we should love in action and in truth. And mm -hmm. so are words necessary? Are we supposed to be talking about the gospel and all of that? Absolutely. 110% true. But people should just be able to see that we are loving them in truth and by mm -hmm. speaking things over them, by showing them, hey, that's not that's not quite right. Let me show you what God's word says about it. And just them seeing that we are living by example, exactly like Paul was saying there, like, here, I'm going to do it. You're going to see this. I'm going to bring you along that kind of discipleship process. So you can do it because you've seen it. And I've led by example. And so I think that I just love what you were saying, because we should be that as Christians. We should be those leaders who show people like, hey, I'm going to let you see into my everyday life and the different things that I'm doing and how Christ has affected those things so that you can go and do it. Because it's so easy to talk about this stuff. It's so mm -hmm. easy to listen to podcast episodes and just to get on your phone and see the little posts that people are doing and different things, which are great. And we're even doing it, you know, but really when it comes down to it and the gospel, it's really that we're supposed to live and show people that we can live according to the truth. And one of the things uh, I know you mentioned earlier about laziness and quitting when things get hard. So let's talk a little bit about that. After discipling girls, which Maddie and I do some Bible studies. I'm not sure if you know that, Cameron, but we do some Bible studies for teen girls. So we work with teen girls all the time for just the different things that they're going through and then pouring into them once a week. But after discipling um, a few of those girls, I really noticed that Many people don't think that effort and putting your time into Jesus and the different things that he calls us to are necessarily worth it. And they often think that when it gets hard, which we know it is, it's going to be hard. Jesus calls us to something so radically different than what we're used to. And so mm -hmm. when we experience that kind of pushback in our lives, uh, I've noticed that a lot of them think that, oh, I can just quit. And I can just yeah. not my, read my Bible today because it's hard and I don't know where to read. And so I think that it's especially true when it comes to doing things for Jesus that we have to remain in the mindset that this is rewarding. Like this is where true joy is found. And it's not in my cell phone. It's not in friends. It's not in the different activities that we can get caught up in or whatever it may be in our lives that is taking that time away from the Lord. We really need to have the mindset that this is where I need to have my expectation for myself. I need to set expectations in this area of my life to say, this is like at the end of my life, I want to look back and say, I spent my time pouring into people. I want to spend my time loving people in action and in truth. And so one of the things that Jesus tells us in scripture is to pick up our cross daily. And so Cameron, with that statement in mind, do you think that quitting when things get difficult or when things are hard, do you think that quitting is an option? Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, I actually was reading Philippians where you were discussing earlier, Maddie. And then we see like in verse 29, right after verse 28, uh, for it has been granted to you 
Mm. That for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Yeah. Engage in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. And I think we have to understand there are a few different types of suffering. There's persecution, right? But there's also a daily battle of denying yourself, picking up your cross, denying your flesh completely. And every day your flesh is going to want to do things almost like every moment. I, it's like constant yeah. battle right? of taking your thoughts captive, um, of just asking for the Lord's help and, and him renewing you and sanctifying you and, and making you want the things of him. And so that is a daily thing. And Jesus, like you talked about promises that there's going to be trouble and there's going to be hardship. For me, the the biggest like suffering that I have experienced in my own life is not yet persecution. I know that that will happen, but it has been denying myself. It has been picking up my cross and really looking at my own life and and wanting to show myself approved. It talks about that in Second Timothy, just really doing a, asking the Lord to search your heart and ask yourself, and is this really what I'm all about? Like, am I really all in for the Lord? And that is what's going to get you through the, the harder times that come for your faith. Um, so yeah, definitely quitting is not an option at all. I think you have a, a really good point about just remembering that it's promise and that kind of prepares you for, for what's to come. And then also you talked about remembering where our true joy is found. And I think one of the biggest things maybe that Christians will understand, at least I did not understand this at all for most of my life, really just in the last few years, there's been this this shift, um, not just in my mind, but in my heart. And that's been that Jesus is our reward, not just like the things of the Lord, but him himself, the person of Jesus, God, he is the reward. Being with him and being with him in eternity is our reward. And he is eternal life. And one of my favorite Bible verses is Philippians 3.8. And it says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. There's one other part to it. I don't know if I remember all of it, but for his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things. Um, I can't remember the rest of it. That that bulk of it is just talking about how he is everything we need. And, and knowing him, if you have to lose everything else, but if you gain Christ, then it's worth it. And we just read, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So I think when you have that in mind, that Jesus is the reward and you truly start delighting in him. And, and I mean, you are just absolutely in love with him and you start to realize like that relationship you have with him is more precious than anything. He is our groom and we are his bride. Like that is a very intimate relationship mm-hmm. and that to, to lose everything for his sake and to be obedient to him, no matter the cost and obedient to his word is worth it completely. So no, when you have that in mind, whatever suffering comes, he's, he's going to strengthen you for it. And you know that that's worth it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And as you were speaking, I was just reminded of a quote that our parents have like continually told us over and over again, is that it's always too soon to quit. So in times of suffering, in times of just the trials that come in life, the different things that we experience, I'm just reminded of that statement. You may have this feeling that, you know, you just, you don't have it in you to do it, or it's just too hard. It takes too much effort, too much time, and it's always too soon to quit. So we have to figure out a way to do the things that Jesus has called us to do. How are we going to step in to what he has called us to? Because 
you can't quit. That's not even an option as you were talking mm-hmm. about. And so no matter how discouraged we are, no matter how much we're going through, as you just said, he is everything to us. And so when we go to him, we should just be reminded like, okay, Lord, here, you have me here for a purpose. I know that you're not wasting my time because God doesn't waste our time. He doesn't have us in certain places just because he wants us there. You know, it has a purpose. It has a lesson usually to teach us. He wants to make us like himself. He wants us to imitate him. And so that's something that I've just had to go back to no matter what I'm feeling, no matter what's going on in my relationship with him or just the world or whatever it may be, I can consistently lean on him and constantly lean on him because he's there for us. One of the other things, Cameron, this is a little bit off topic here, but young people I think have been trained to have a lot of self-esteem. So we see Mm -hmm. so many things in the world today that are telling us we are enough. We don't have to do this because, you know, we're already enough. We're already perfect or we just are who we are. I don't know. There's just so many different worldly sayings right out there on social media, all the different things that people are putting out. And it's just crazy because I look at it and I think, wow, we have so much self-esteem as a culture, as a generation, and yet we have so little self-control. We have so little self-control when it comes to social media usage or just what we're doing in our everyday lives as far as our time and the things that we're involved in. We don't have a lot of control and we've just kind of let life happen. And so I think that what we need to focus on is that if you set those high expectations, if you have those things that you're doing in your life that are hard things and that have eternal value, because that is key. If it doesn't have eternal value, then usually I'm looking at it going, I don't want it. You know, I don't want that in my life. I don't want to spend my time doing it because it's not going to be worth anything after I'm gone or after the Lord comes back. Like it's not going to matter. And so why why spend my time doing it now? So one of the things I wanted to ask you is, you know, how do you think teens can actually apply this stuff that we're saying, right? What are some practical ways, maybe just one or two things that you would say to young people, like, here's where you start out by setting high expectations. Here's how you do it. Uh, What would you say to them about that? Mm, I would say, which we've touched on, the most important thing is getting in the word. If you are a Christian listening to this, then, and I'll give an example mainly of, of what I did and where like true change started happening in my life was when my relationship with Christ really became real. And that was getting in the word. Um, when I just started reading and really started understanding the gospel for the first time, that's mm-hmm. where change happened was understanding the gospel. And that motivated me to then want everything else about my life to be unto him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really is so simple in a way, but it's going to change everything you do. And that's also going to be a lifelong process. There are still things today that, you know, the Lord is checking on my heart and saying, okay, we need to, we need to work on this, or this is not of me. And he's going to grow you every single day. But the main thing is finding time to be in the word. And the, the thing about that is that you're going to have to give something up to be in the word. And There is a cost right now to uh, living for Christ and to being in the word. You're going to have to give up something. I'm giving up music or writing like more time that I could be spending on that because I know that he comes first and that those things like you were talking about are meaningless without him in them and using them for his glory. So get in the word. And I know that 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 said so much. And sometimes you're wondering, how do I do that? And what exactly are the implications of that? Not just reading the word. 
but his word is living and active and it changes us. And um, we got to be truly rooted in it. And so get some good resources. I do have some study books, like when I read the word, but for the most part, like if I have a limited amount of time, like I'm, I'm only able to spend 20 minutes in the word. Whereas yesterday it was an hour or something like that. Sometimes I'll just, you know, put the study book aside for a minute and just for that day, be purely in the word and and pray to the Lord, ask him what he's showing me, just what he's doing. And he will just begin to open your eyes to the things of him and how he wants you to live. Mm-hmm. Um, the more you know him and the more you're with him and the more you love him in action, like the more you truly are obedient to him, the more you want to do those things. And so, yeah, it's so simple, but I, I have a feeling once you really start just asking yourself, is this real for me? Am I truly committed to the Lord? Have you made a commitment to Christ, which is a, a daily, not a no recommitment necessarily, but just daily just being surrendered at his feet. Ask yourself that, get in the word and pray, ask him what he's teaching you and he will absolutely show you things. So I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, that's a really, really good point because praying, reading your Bible, those are things that we hear thrown around a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, okay, well, I read my Bible once this week, maybe I'll do it a couple more times next week or whatever, but that's good enough. Or I've prayed before my meals today and I'm good. I'm covered. But I think that it's important to keep reiterating those things because we see Jesus constantly praying, constantly taking time to spend his time with the father and to cast away Mm -hmm. any other distractions and just say, okay, I'm going to pray for a little bit. I'm going to ask him what he wants me to do because we really can't be successful in calling ourselves to higher things, doing hard things without seeking the Lord and seeking his will, because Mm -hmm. we keep reiterating this too. If we don't have the Lord involved in these things and we're not seeking his will, then all of it is just completely pointless. Mm -hmm. But one thing that has really helped me personally to live out the gospel, to call myself to something higher than the world is to find other people who also want to pursue truth and who want to pursue the Lord Mm -hmm. and to spend time with them and live this thing out together. So like for me and Lily, we had each other. We Mm -hmm. both wanted to do hard things and we wanted to live for the Lord. And then we really started the few so that we could find other girls who we felt like wanted to pursue the Lord Mm -hmm. and who wanted to get serious about Jesus because it's so difficult to do because you've got the whole rest of the world telling you that it's not worth it or that you're wasting your time and it's not fun and all these different things. And so it's really difficult to do by yourself. Luckily, we had each other at first and now we have our Bible study group and we started small. We had like three girls in our Bible study group at the beginning and we all got super close to each other. We're encouraging each other throughout the week. And so that's something that has really helped me and Lily personally is having that discipleship relationship with someone else. You're pouring into them, they're pouring Mm -hmm. into you. And so you've always got that one person where when it gets difficult, when it gets hard, you can always turn to them. They're going to help you and you're always going to help them. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's another thing for those of you listening. If you don't have someone like that, we encourage you all the time to find someone like that. Find someone who may be stronger in their faith than you are, or just find someone who wants to be strong in their faith and then work on it together. I think that that's something that is very easy to apply to our lives and it's going to help us grow. 
Cameron, is there anything else that you wanted to add? We want you to get to say everything that you wanted to say before we end here. Nothing comes off my head, but definitely just want to reiterate how it's not going to be easy. There's going to be persecution if you're a Christian, and there's the daily discomfort of picking up your cross. And then just talking about the reward, I think that's such a good big picture is remembering he's our reward. And so that means the suffering and the cost is completely worth it. If you have that, I mean, everything's going to be all right. That is that is the main thing is just um, living for Christ and remembering he's our reward. And I would love to talk with y'all some more sometime about more details just about then what that looks like applied to all areas of our life. It'd be awesome to get to maybe do this again with you girls and talk about things like that. Absolutely. I think that a part two or something like that would be a really good, you know, follow up kind of like, okay, if you're desiring this, if you want to step into this lifestyle, you know, you may even be a Christian listening and you're kind of like, I I get this. I know scripture. I know all this stuff, but how do I apply it? Like you were saying, how do I step into this? I think that there's so many different things that we could discuss. So often in our world today, we're hearing that it is easy. You know, we're hearing from churches like, just just do it this week. Well, that's really easy to say. Again, that's so easy to say. It's easy for us to get on here and say, to live as Christ, to die as gain and everything. But until we are like Paul and we show people and we're discipling people and we're, we're living by example and we are that example for others, then it really, really doesn't matter. Like Mm -hmm. it, it just, it doesn't change lives. And so that's the one thing that I just keep coming back to. But yeah, I think that a part two would be an amazing like follow up to this as well. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for staying on for this conversation. I hope that it was edifying. I hope that it was encouraging to you today. Cameron, we just can't thank you enough for joining us, for Mm -hmm. being that third voice in this, um, just kind of saying like, I'm here with y'all, we can do this, and just to be encouraging to others who need it. We're so appreciative to you and uh, just really, really appreciate you spending your time and putting effort into this because we know that it's not easy to get away. It's not easy to do that kind of stuff. And so we appreciate that more than you know. Thank you, girls. Thank y'all for having me. We're going to wrap up this episode in prayer. We just want to pray for you, Cameron. Pray for all the different things that the Lord is doing through you. Let's pray. Lord, I just want to thank you so much for this day and for this conversation that we got to have with Cameron. Um, I thank you so much that she was able to come and join us Mm -hmm. and that we were able to find a fellow sister in Christ who we can relate to so much, who um, has a lot in common for us and just wants to see your word spread and who just wants to teach people how to apply some of the things that we've talked about to their lives. I just thank you so much for her. I pray that you would continue working in her life and that you would continue working through her family. I thank you for what you've already done through her, and I pray that you would just continue to use her to shine your light. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Thank you so much, Cameron. We will definitely get with you. Maybe we can do a part two or something to this. And we thank you so much for being on today's episode. Thank you, girls. Bless y'all. Bye, Cameron. Bye.